this morning. I hope that you will be. Turn in to the Word of God if you have your Bibles with you. If you don't, there's one right in front of you. Uh, there in the uh, hymnal holder, if you will. You can grab your Bible if you need one this morning. But First Thessalonians chapter number 4. In the precious Word of God today, I believe is where the Lord would have us to go. I, uh, I am very, very stirred in my heart today to bring this message to you. It's plain and simple. It's going to ask a question. Actually, it's going to ask a question following a statement. He's coming. Are you going? He's coming. Are you going? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In the Word of God today, I would ask you to kindly stand for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse... Number 13, the Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. How comforting is that to you today? When you're going through a valley and you're struggling in life. Maybe with no direction of knowing which way to go or turn. And yet you say, hold on. Just a little while longer. Jesus is coming soon. That order comforts your heart today. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, God in Jesus' name. Lord, as we come to you as humble as we know how, thanking you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you, God, for the good songs of Zion this morning. Lord, I pray for, Lord, again, for all the prayer requests that's been lifted. And Lord, I pray you'd be with Sister Spivey this morning as well. We failed to mention her earlier, just... By accident, God, but we want you to touch her, Lord. Pray that you'd be with her in a special way in her family. God, I pray that you would be with us today as we preach your word. Lord, help us to preach the truth of knowing that we're going to have to stand before God one day and be accountable. Father, we'll sure love you, praise you for all you do. I pray that you would just make the Christians stronger, encourage them, save that one that may be lost here today on their way to hell without you. And Father, we'll surely love you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, you have a picture of the rapture of the church. 
I can praise God today for the virgin birth. We can stand and praise God for the sinless life of Christ. We can stand and praise God for His teachings, His miracles, uh, His ministry that He had here on this earth, uh, uh, which was very short uh, considering our time of only of about three and a half years uh, uh, was His ministry. He only lived 33 and a half years before He went to the old rugged cross of Calvary. We could praise God today for His substitutionary death on the cross. Uh, we could praise Him for the victorious resurrection that took place on the third day. Uh, we could praise Him for His glorious ascension uh, uh, there on the mount as it went as He went up and uh, was ascended back to the heavens and seated at the right hand of the Father. But folks, we are living uh, in a day and time that you could actually be a witness to the visual return of the Lord Jesus Christ. That, my friend, is an exciting day to live. It's an exciting day uh, uh, to look at the Scripture and see the Scriptures being fulfilled uh, uh, right before our eyes. Uh, the Bible teaches us, uh, Josh, that there'll be uh, there'll be wars and there'll be rumors of wars. Uh, the Bible tells us that there'll be earthquakes, uh, great earthquakes. Uh, the Bible tells us there'll be famines uh, in the land uh, and across the world. Uh, and we talk about wars and rumors of wars. Uh, uh, folks, if you know anything about Scripture, uh, it, it points out... Some of the countries uh, uh, that will be involved in that final day. Uh, you may not actually see the word Russia, but you'll see the words Big Bear. Uh, you may not see the word China, but you can go back and make reference to what China truly is uh, in the Word of God. Uh, and as they broke into the news this past Friday, I've only heard it once. I believe Brother Maxie said he heard it and was listening to it as well. Uh, off the coast of Alaska this past week, uh, guess who decided to move all of their warships or lot of their warships uh, right off the coast of Alaska. That was China. And I don't know if they were just celebrating their independence from World War II or the, uh, the ending of World War II, if you will. Uh, I don't know uh, what the deal was. But then they came on right after that and said that the United States government was monitoring uh, uh, Russian submarines off the coast of Georgia. Folks, I'm here to tell you, something is fixing to break loose uh, and we've got to be ready and Jesus is coming soon. Now listen, I'm not here to scare you today. I'm here to preach the Word of God to you. And if you're not ready for the rapture, that snatching away, that caught, getting caught away with the Lord Jesus, you need to make sure that you're ready because it could be at any time and it could be at any day. Who would have ever thought just a few years ago, we've preached it for years, that we would eventually be jailed for our faith. When that lady up in Kentucky, she goes and and she refuses uh, to go against her faith uh, and issue those marriage licenses for the same-sex couples. Uh, and what do they do? Uh, they lock her up in jail because of the way that she believes. Uh, folks, what's going to happen uh, when those couples come into the church and the pastors say, uh, we're not going to marry you. Uh, that divides our faith. Uh, we don't believe in that. Uh, I can tell you right now, they're going to get your pastor. They're going to put the handcuffs behind his back uh, and they're going to take him to jail. That's exactly what's going to happen. We never thought it uh, 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 many years ago that that would happen. But boy, we've been preaching it, I know, some 20 years uh, and preaching it that they will take away our religious liberty. And my friends, when we see all of these things come about uh, and the signs of the times begin to follow, uh, as you see today, uh, I'm here to tell you Jesus is coming back. Uh, every word in the Scripture has been fulfilled to this point uh, other than uh, the rapture of the church. Uh, and I'm glad today that I'm one of the blood 
bought crowd. Uh, when Jesus comes, He's not looking for what you've got on. Uh, he's not looking for your skin color. Uh, he's looking for something in red. Uh, uh, something, one that is covered uh, and washed uh, in the precious blood of the Lamb. Uh, knowing that you're saved uh, and on your way to heaven. Uh, that right there ought to make a difference. Amen. You ought to know that that's what it's going to take. The first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in the world was a time of amazing power. Uh, wonderful miracles and astounding love and grace. And in sending Jesus into the world, God accomplished salvation for all who will believe. In sending Jesus into the world, God demonstrated His love for a lost and dying world. In sending Jesus into the world, uh, God completed His perfect and profound plan of salvation and redemption. Thank God for all that Jesus has accomplished when He came the first time. But He went away. Acts chapter 1 verse 9 and 10 tells us about how the Lord Jesus ascended back into the heavens leaving His church here uh, to preach the gospel unto the lost. When He left His people here, He did not leave them without hope. Uh, He left them with the promise that He would come again uh, over in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 11. Uh, Even at the end of the Bible, uh, as the book of Revelation closes, uh, the Lord uh, reaffirms His promise to His people that He will come again. And you say, preacher, are you scared? No, I'm not scared. Why? Because I'm here to tell you before all hell breaks loose, the sound of the trumpet is going to take place. You and I that are saved are going to go to meet Him in the air. But the first thing that happens is those saints that are dead, that are laying in the ground, the tombstones are going to begin to be turned over. And they're going to rise up first and we're going to meet them in the air. I don't know about you, but the best place to be on resurrection day uh, when the Lord Jesus comes is going to be standing in the middle of a graveyard uh, and just watching everything take place. Uh, I don't believe you'll have any fear. Uh, I don't believe you'll be scared uh, because you'll know what you've been taught down through the years uh, is ever so true. Uh, And the Lord Jesus is coming. uh, And my friend, we've got to be ready. We've got to make sure our families are ready. We've got to make sure that everybody in this lost and dying world uh, is reached with the gospel for where they can be saved before it's everlasting too late. I'm here to tell you a lot of people have looked at the Lord's promise to come again and they've determined that it's a fairy tale and that it's a lie. Regardless of what this world says or what unbelievers say, I'm here to tell you the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. I'm here to tell you, I've been called a bigot, I've been called a uh, intolerant, I've been called everything in the book. Uh, just this past week, over a simple choir song, I'm on the winning side. Hey, you're being intolerant! But I'm on the winning side. It don't matter! You're on the winning Keep your faith inside the church. The Bible commands you and I to take it outside the church and spread the good news. That's my reaction to that. And I tell you what, the more, the more responses I'm getting for anybody is the atheist, the one that don't believe in anything. And they're saying, hey, you can't go out here and push the leg. There's nobody pushing nothing on anybody. We're just standing and praising the Lord and singing the songs of Zion. And the, listen, I didn't tell you to click on the video. Something must have drowned them to, to listen to that. You know what it was? Josh, they got to listen to that singing and the Holy Ghost got to moving on their heart and they turned that thing off for something great happened in their life. 
Huh? Oh, but I'm here to tell you. Thank you, brother. I got one in the house ready for me to preach. Amen. Listen, I'm just here to tell you, folks. Uh, a fool in his heart saith that there is no God. Huh? As I look across here, you got that little baby over there. Joe, can you, is that baby asleep? It shouldn't be. <laughs> can Joe pick that baby up and show that baby off just a minute? I, I, I've got, a, this is not rehearsed and, and they don't have a clue of what I'm fixing to do. But get that baby, Joe, and just stand up and turn around and let everybody see that baby. Because for those that don't believe in God, i got something to show them this morning. You look at that baby right there and tell me there's no God. Huh? Amen? That's God's creation right there. That's God's creation. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. People can't come to me and say that there is no God when I know without a shadow of a doubt uh, the same God that saved me uh, is the same God that created that baby right there. And may I say they deserve a right to live. They deserve a right to live. And we ought to do anything that we can possible to make sure that they do live. Amen. I'm here to tell you folks, uh, uh, they may run wild with this thing uh, and bash us from head to toe, uh, but I think I'll just stand with Jesus uh, and what I know from His good book uh, and stand for the truth. Uh, uh, They may say that it's a fairy tale, uh, but I'm here to tell you it's not a fairy tale. Uh, Everything in the book has been proven to have happened uh, and has happened uh, all the way up to the rapture of the church. Uh, We're just waiting on our ride to get out of here. uh, And when He comes, you must be ready. He's coming. Question is, are you going? Huh? Are you going? First of all, the Bible teaches us here in the Scripture that there's going to be a resurrection. Now, the Thessalonians had heard about the coming of the Lord, but and they knew He was coming, but they were confused about the doctrine of the second coming. They actually thought that believers had to be alive until the Lord came to where they could go. So they missed the boat. And Paul here is trying to interpret that for them. They had to come to believe that their departed loved ones who had died and been buried, they were gone forever. But I'm here to tell you, that's not true. Those that are in the ground. And the Bible uses the word sleep. Now that does not mean that that person is going to... Listen, the body becomes dead. But that soul... Is going to live forever. It's not soul sleep. It's actually a a euphemism, if you would, for death. Their bodies are asleep. Their bodies are dead. Their soul has just uh, come to a place where uh, they're gone forever to be with Jesus. And what I'm trying to say is, this old flesh, the old flesh of clay is just going to be laid down into the ground. Huh? It's going to be laid into the ground. The Bible says uh, uh, that we're going to decay. That's, that's truth. You can put as much embalming fluid in you, if you uh, that you can put in you. One day you're going to decay. The body's going to decay. But the Lord Jesus, the soul, is forever with Him that saved you. Amen. 
And what I'm trying to say is this. That soul is not going to purgatory. That soul is not going to a place of holding. That soul is going to be with the Lord. For Paul wrote in the book, under inspiration of the Word of God, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's where I long to be today. Amen. I've got something to look forward to. The Savior of this world that saved my poor wretched soul, that took my sins and cast them as far as the east is to the west. Uh, my friend, I'm here to tell you that's the God that we serve today uh, and the God that will save your soul uh, and make you a way into heaven. Yes. Paul tells us that God will bring the dead in Christ with Him when He comes. If He's going to bring them with Him, then they must be with Him ahead of His coming. Amen. They're not laying down there waiting. They're coming with Him. We'll be reunited with that body and boy, everything's going to be perfect then. Amen. Praise the Lord. He just shouted over there. Paul tells the Thessalonians not to worry. When Jesus comes, the dead in Christ will be raised first. The Bible says there in verse number 15, will not prevent. Means that uh, uh, we will not precede them. It means that we're all going in the first resurrection, but they will be raised and translated first. Uh, and like I said earlier, a cemetery is going to be a good place to be uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes. Uh, just thank you over there on that hillside on the mountain where Brother Ernell, where we laid him down to rest. Oh, uh, and boy, I mean, he's literally on the side of a mountain for you them that were there. And boy, I'm here to tell you, we, what if we just go Go up there and put some pretty flowers on his grave. Uh, and all of a sudden the trumpet sounds and the gravestone turns over. And Ernell Bradley comes out of the ground. Uh, uh, folks, I'm not going to be scared of him if he comes out. And when he comes out, if I'm standing there, uh, I'm going to be excited. Because I know I'm going to be following right behind him. Amen. Uh, that's the God that we serve today. Uh, we think that this world's in a mess and it is. Uh, you think families are in a mess and it is. Uh, listen, it's a bad day when police officers are fearing their own life. I'm here to tell you, it's a bad day. But thank God we serve one that controls it all. We know that all of this prophecy is coming to be fulfilled. There's going to be a resurrection. But thank God there's going to be a rescue. The Bible tells you and I that it's going to be sudden. We're going to be caught up with them in the air. That word caught up means to be snatched away or seized by force. When Jesus comes it'll be a sudden event. One moment we'll be living a Life that is normal, the next moment we'll be with Him in the air. I've always thought of how this was going to work because I'm not one that's really high on heights. In other words, the preacher's kind of scared to be up on some something high. Amen. I've I got a fear of heights, but I'm here to tell you and let me just, you know, reclaim it again. I don't believe I'll be scared that day when I go sailing through the air and my feet's not even on the ground. Not going to be scared, not going to be worried, not going to be bothered because the the one that holds my very breath in His hands is the one that's coming back to get us in a place whose builder and maker is God. I'm here to tell you, a place called heaven will be that land that we're going to when He comes to get us. I'm here to tell you, there will be a resurrection, but there's going to be a rescue. It's going to be sudden, but it's going to be selective. What do you mean? Everybody's not going. He's coming for those only that's been saved by the grace of God. Many will expect to go, but they won't make the trip. Some will go that we didn't expect to go. 
It's a matter of faith. Preacher, y'all for naive. You think Free Will Baptist is the only one going to be there? No, I'm more naive than that. I believe some of them ain't going to be there. And no matter what you put on your sign or what you call yourself, you better call yourself saved when Jesus comes. <laughs> call yourself redeemed by blood. Amen. It's going to be sudden. It's going to be selective. It's going to be those that have accepted in faith Him as Savior. It's going to be those that have been drawn to a place of repentance by the Spirit of God. That's why there's so many haters on that video. Listen, I've never seen a video. I've watched some of our services here. And, 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 and boy, we, we've recorded some when God got to moving and people began to move and shout and just have a spell in the Lord. And I'd go back and I'd watch them videos and I just wouldn't feel a, a whole lot on it. I'll be honest with you. But I tell you what, there's something to it when you can replay that thing, whether it be audio or video, and you still feel the Lord moving in it. Something's happening. <laughs> Amen. And they're going to hate me for it. And they're going to hate some of you for it. But, you know, I just sit back and kind of monitor all those responses and watch the Christians uh, debate their faith and stand up for what's right. And, and listen, we have a freedom to worship the God of our choice today. I just serve the right one. Who is He? The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It'll be sudden. It'll be selective. But it'll be serious. The rapture will be serious because only the redeemed are going to go. Everyone else will be left behind to face the horrors of the tribulational period. Be sure you're ready because Jesus is coming. What do you mean, preacher? Those that are left behind are going to find it very hard to live without partaking the mark of the beast. Those that are left behind will, will have a very difficult time in living and feeding themselves and getting medication and doing the things that they're normally used to doing. They're going to be left behind. And ultimately, my friend, when time comes and their life is over, a place called hell will end up being their home. It's going to be sensational. The very language of this verse this morning excites me. It's a verse of action. It's a verse of adventure. The Lord is entering, pictured entering in the very domain of Satan to gather his bride to himself. You know, and if you read over in the book of Revelation, the, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to conquer the devil. He's going to chain him. He's going to throw him into a pit. That pit that was made for the devil and his angels. What does that mean, preacher? Did you know that hell wasn't meant for you today? It was made for hell and His angels. Oh, but listen, uh, those on the other side of the fence say that our God's so loving, He won't send nobody to hell. You're right, He don't send nobody to hell. You send yourself there by rejecting Him. Oh, but I don't understand, preacher. I don't understand it. Listen, there's some things I don't understand this morning. I'm just glad I'm saved. And I'm glad I'm going to heaven. And I feel like that I'm going to be on the right ship when He comes in to get me. That old ship of Zion. I'm here to tell you. I'm ready for that great day that comes. But lastly, let me say this. There's going to be a reunion. A reunion. The Bible says, caught up together with them. There's multitudes of multitudes of your family and your friends that you know without a shadow of a doubt that have already gone to be with the Lord. 
Guess what? You're going to see them again if you're saved. Isn't that going to be good? I'm talking about those uh, uh, that taught you the Bible, those that preached to you, those that birthed you into this world, uh, uh, those that watched over you as a father, those husbands that have went on, uh, those wives that have went on to be with the Lord. uh, They will be a great reunion one day. uh, And what a happy homecoming that's going to be when the Lord Jesus Christ gathers all the saints together and we can get at His feet and worship Him. There'll be a reunion when we meet the saints. There'll be a reunion because we're going to meet the Savior. The Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. It excites us about seeing our loved ones again. What thrills my heart is the knowledge of that one day I will see Jesus. But my friends, the the tragedy of it all is this. You won't see your loved ones and you won't see Jesus if you're not saved today. What does being saved mean? It means having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It means asking the Lord Jesus into your heart. And forgiving you of all your sins. It's going to be a day. When that lost mother or that lost father goes into that bedroom where a baby may be. And with that baby being safe in the Lord. They're going to look down. They're not going to see nothing but a pair of booties and a socks. You know the the booties or the socks of the baby and a diaper. Or a gown. And that baby's gone to be with the Lord. God giveth, God taketh away. What I'm trying to say to you, church, is this. There ought to be a great concern in my life and yours for people that are lost and dying in this world. Jesus is coming. Are you going? Jesus is coming. Are you going? I don't know how any other way to say it. And people think it's a fairy tale. And people think that it's never going to take place. And it's never going to happen. But folks, I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming. And when Jesus comes, all the pain, all the sorrow, all the separation, all the suffering, all the sin, all the heartache is going to end immediately. When Jesus comes, uh, we'll leave this world behind and fly away to a better place to spend eternity with Him. And all those that have been redeemed uh, by His precious blood, and He died on Calvary, He'll be with us. When Jesus comes, we'll be caught up, carried away, and completely changed. I say with John and stand with John, the great writer in the book of God, even so come, Lord Jesus. What do you mean, preacher? You ready to get out of here? I'm ready to get out of here. What does that mean, preacher? It means I want to be forever living with Him. It means I want to be with Him. It means that I want to fellowship with Him. It means I want to see those that have gone on to be with Him. If we truly believe that Jesus is coming, we should be engaged in some things today. The first thing we should be engaged in is we should be looking for Him. The Bible says He'll come as a thief in the night. Not even the angels of heaven know when He's coming. But when He comes, it'll be a big surprise to many. So you need to be looking for Him. And number two, we should be living like He might come at any time. There's the problem, folks. Some people say they got it, but looking at their lives, they ain't got nothing. Because when Jesus gives you that transplant, that heart transplant in your life, things will be different. You won't go to the places you used to go to. You won't say the things you used to say. You won't do the things you used to do. That's a heart transplant. 
Jesus Christ and take His red blood, cover a black heart, and make it white as snow. It's amazing to me. But thirdly, we should be loving the lost and preaching the gospel. He's coming. Are you going? If you are, we have a reason to rejoice. We have a reason to praise Him. But if you know of people today that's lost and undone, that's not going to make that trip, if Christ was to come right now, it ought to break your heart. You ought to be on an altar of prayer praying for them. If not praying for them that are lost, you ought to be praying and thanking God for the salvation that you've got today. Because, folks, I'm here to tell you, you can look around you everywhere you turn. The signs of the times are here. Jesus is coming. Uh, let me say, let me quote John Tidd. Preacher, I've heard that all my life. Preacher John said, You ain't lived all your life. You had not lived all your life. I want you to stand across this auditorium as they come get us a song of invitation. I promise you, you won't find a better loving people than you find here at Turning Point Church. You'll have somebody to pray with you. Are you looking for Him? Are you living in that direction for Him? Are you longing to go? Are you living your life before others where people may see God in you? I encourage you, come to this altar and pray. You can either thank Him for what God's already done for you, thank Him for what God is going to do, or just pray for that one that may be lost and wayward that needs help today. And the only way they can get saved is that the Spirit of God draw them, pull them to a place of repentance, to where they may be saved before it's too late. Father in heaven, God, I do love you. Lord, I've tried my best to establish and expound upon your word. Father, I know that we're imperfect people living in an imperfect world looking for a perfect Savior to come get us. God, I pray that we'll cry out unto you for those that need help today. Lord, I pray that we'll rejoice and thank you for what you've already done for us. Father, I pray that we'll call upon you to lead us, keep us safe. And Lord, if there's any believers in here today that don't feel compelled to pray, they ought to come pray for this lady named Kim Davis who stood for her faith and they've put her in jail. Pray that she be released with no harm. Lord, they're wanting to burn her house down. They're wanting to wreck her life. They're wanting to bring up her past, her past that was there before she became a Christian. Lord, we're living in dark days. I pray you'd help them today. Help me, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You come.